actually quite taxing on the mind to go on a road, get back at 3 a.m., um, only one day of rest. The sleep consistency is for me the biggest thing that I, I struggle with. Being able to manage my nutrition while playing basketball has been super hard for me. Um, and that are the things, those are the things that I care about. It's like my nutrition, my sleep, my physical well-being, my mental. And I think basketball puts like such a hard toll on those things as an individual. And you think because you're working out and, you know, you think in all that it's great, but in actuality, it's like, it's so hard to manage everything like that, especially for like my body type. It's like, it's so, it's, it's very hard and being, you have to then pay for a nutritionist and then you have to then follow the schedule. And then it's like, you're so consumed in the schedule of eating that's just one part and then you have to like barely get sleep and then you have to go to a hotel room before a game hopefully luckily you don't switch roommates which i can't stand when, when teams do that just be consistent let's get comfortable <laughs> so we can go poop in the morning with our respective roommates that so doesn't change Another season in the books, the podcast featuring current and former professional athletes. They come from all over the world, and many spent their college years studying and playing in the United States. We talk athletics, academics, and because life is so interesting, a little bit of everything else. My favorites, food, and cultural differences. I'm your host, Leslie Knight, 14-year vet in Europe's professional basketball leagues. I played one year in Switzerland, and I'm currently on my 13th year in Spain with the club Movistar Estudiantes in Spain's top women's league, La Liga Femenina Endesa. All right, it's about that time, so let's get to it! Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the pod. It's been a couple weeks since I've come out with a new episode because the hubby and I took advantage to go on one last little vacation uh, as well as attend the wedding of a friend of ours before the arrival of our first babe, which I'm told could happen any day now, (laughs) even though we're still three weeks out. I'm hoping he or she decides to stay in there for another three weeks, but you never know. Uh, We explored the coast of northwestern Spain. The region um, specifically is called Galicia. The water is a little chilly because it's the Atlantic, but if you're blessed with sunshine, I would highly recommend checking it out. And besides the fabulous views, uh, try the octopus. In other words, in Spanish, pulpo. My uh, my mom doesn't like it whatsoever, but I think it's great. So just go for it. Uh, anyway, today's interview was really fun and perhaps much more of a conversation uh, than any other interview I've done because wonderful guest Tanara Moore turned the tables on me and started inquiring about my life and my journey. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. It was very organic, honest, and down-to-earth conversation. I hope you enjoy it, and uh, here we go. 
All right, Tanara Moore, thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you for educating me as well that Michigan is on East Coast time and not, <laughs> and not Midwest time, because I totally thought you were seven hours um, you know, later than Madrid, but you're actually six hours later, which kind of blows my mind. I always have Michigan in the Midwest, maybe because Michigan State and uh, Michigan are in the Big Ten Conference. And I just, granted, now Maryland is too, but I, I always had you guys on Midwest time. Yeah, honestly, I couldn't even tell you what's Eastern Standard Western time. So let, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> I always tell people, yeah, I live in Michigan. So whatever time that is, it's, it's six o'clock right now. <laughs> right, right. Um, well, thank you for joining me. A couple months have passed now since the end of the season. And um, via Instagram, I know that you enjoyed a couple you know, long weeks, uh, maybe even a month of just kind of disconnecting from basketball, resting your body. And now it sounds like you're kind of back into it, playing in a league, um, you know, getting back into the gym. But tell me, how important is that time for you to take just for you uh, to relax mentally and physically after the season? Yeah, I mean, even during the season, I need a break from it all. But I usually go one month of just no basketball, light workouts, nothing too crazy because my body is in the complete shock. Every time I come home for summer, I remember my first year overseas, like I was in such of a shock that I literally couldn't talk to anybody. I, I cut all my friends off. I cut, you know, everyone that I was in communication with and really just sat with myself for pretty much the whole summer. And it's like this balance that I like, I love coming back home to Michigan because I get to rebalance my whole core and playing basketball just takes a lot out of me um, more mentally than anything, which turns into my physical being. But it's really like, if I don't take months off, I get super like, I, I feel like I become a different person. I'm not as free as I feel I don't feel like I'm like this outgoing personality. I'm pretty close. So it's really about me getting back to who I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think those breaks are 100% necessary, but that we'll get into this later, but because it's coming up now, that makes me think like if you would have um, made the WNBA, because I know that you went to training camp and you were with um, Tanea Atkinson. Yeah. Um, but like, if you would have, you know, gotten into the WNBA and made a career there, what do you think that would have looked like for you WNBA? And then maybe even going to play overseas, like the, what women do, um, WNBA players that balance both of those, I don't know how their bodies or their minds are able to do that. Yeah. I definitely think they have a passion for the game that I don't have. Hmm. And I definitely think that it's a beautiful thing you know like they can play year round it's great for them it works for them but for me if I was in the WNBA I really don't know how Tanara would be because I have to rebalance myself so much when I come back um so I I am grateful for the career that I've had I got the experience but I realize what's important for me is like my summer's off enjoy my life, enjoy just sitting at my house doing absolutely nothing all day <laughs> for multiple days in a row. 
Um, so, I mean, if I ever got, if any WNBA coaches listen to this, of course, I would love the opportunity, but I also, you know, love my life. I think I live the most amazing life for me and kudos to the people that can play year round. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know how their bodies handle it, but granted we've been seeing injuries and whatnot. So it it does definitely take a toll. Um, all right. So going back in your brain, tell me, what do you think is your first, uh, sports memory when you were a little kid? It doesn't have to be basketball, just your first memory that kind of comes to mind. Well, I would say, um, I was at this, in this YMCA league with my brothers, it was literally all boys and me. And I just, like, my brothers work super hard in sports. Like, my oldest brother would literally, like, wake up at, like, five in the morning, go to the YMCA before school, work out, um, go to school, and then go back after. So I had, like, he was pretty much, like, my role model as far as, like, how to work hard during sports. And I remember just being on this team with them and like I would never score I would never do anything but this one time I scored and like my brothers were so proud of me and like we just talked about it like the whole day (sighs) and that was probably my first really good memory of probably a sport basketball I guess was maybe my first sport other than cross country okay how many siblings are you guys in your family there's three. I have two older brothers. Okay. And yeah. how, what's the year difference between you and the oldest? Oh my gosh. It's I'm 26. Matt in the middle is 27 and Terrence, the oldest is 28. But in August, they both, I'll be 26. They'll be 28 and 29. Okay. So you guys so mom pre- was like, boom, 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 boom. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. You're close in age. And now that I'm pregnant, like thinking about that just is wow. I mean, kudos kudos to your mom for being being able to do that like back to back practically yeah she says that she just wanted to get it all over with she wanted like (laughs) kids but and to get it all over with Uh so it worked out in the long run for her yeah did your older brothers play collegiately no they did not my oldest brother probably had the most potential but he then broke his wrist and it was it's changed okay Okay. Yeah. I have two older brothers as well. And they were both, uh, into sports, but, uh, they played intramurals in college and whatnot. Um, but that's, that's pretty, it's nice. When I think about being the youngest child, we have such an advantage because we we can look up to them. We can practice with them. We can watch their games and that's gotta influence our, just our ability to our talent level and our IQ on the court, I think. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like I, just playing with them, just learning from them compared to my peers. I think I had the advantage because one, I was always playing with um, older boys and mm-hmm. also just like their knowledge as well helped me so much. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was really nice. And I love being the youngest girl. I think that's like <laughs> the best <laughs> sibling, like way to go. <laughs> uh, kudos uh, to us. <laughs> you feel like you've been taken care of or like looked after or what do you mean? Oh my gosh, totally. I feel like if I were ever in any other position, I wouldn't make it. Like I have to be the youngest and I have to be the girl. <laughs> Interesting. But then I'm sure when you go overseas and you're on these teams, you're expected to like be the leader. 
Yeah, which also, yeah, I mean, I kind of like to lead by example. Like, I don't really like to talk too much. Talk when I have to, but, you know, they've got it. it. Um, Would you say your parents were uh, athletically minded? Um, I feel like I'm actually reading this book right now called The Sports Gene by David Epstein. And so long story short, I feel like my parents definitely had maybe some genes for it, but they never like practice for an example or anything okay. like that. Sure. So my brothers, like literally if it wasn't for my brothers playing sports, I would not have probably played. So um, they sparked that revolution, I guess, in the family. Okay. Um, and would you say there's do you have a moment in your childhood where you realized like, hey, I really like this. I'm actually kind of good and I could potentially have a future like going to college, getting my college paid for. Was there ever a moment where that like all of a sudden popped into your head or because for me, I definitely had that moment because um, I was really green and naive and had no idea what basketball could offer. Uh, did you have that moment in your youth? Um, no. I mean, in my, like, I started getting, like, some offers in, like, junior of high school, and then I just remember my mom telling me that I need to pick a school because, you know, she isn't going to pay for my school, so I said, okay, I'll just go here, which ended up being Central Michigan. It was, like, a good, like, whatever decision, I guess. It worked out perfectly, but I had no thought. I didn't know that was a thing. I was just playing because... I liked having friends on the team. I remember um, in high school, I didn't make varsity my freshman year. I made junior varsity and I wanted to so badly be on the freshman team because all my friends were there. And then I remember telling the coaches like, I don't really know if I want to play JV because like my friends aren't freshmen. Everyone had um, other plans for me (laughs) other than myself. To this day, like how I went professional, like isn't really like, a cool story. Like I was working an internship and I hated it. And the only other option was to play professional basketball. So that's how I am still playing. And I just still don't want to work. So (laughs) that's the reason why I'm playing basketball. Okay. Interesting. And you've got a cute little puppy there. Who's that? This is Harley. Oh my goodness. Because she's so cute. She just got a haircut. So she's like really shaving off. But I was going to say she looks very uh, clean cut <laughs> and those eyes are enormous. Yeah. What kind she's of dog just obsessed with me. What'd you say? What kind of dog is that? She's a Shih Tzu. Okay. A little thing. Yeah. She's my mom's dog, but we're best friends. Okay. I was going to say, uh, do you, you don't go over to seas with an animal, do you? Oh, no, 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 okay. no. I would love to, but it sounds great. But, you know, I forget to feed her sometimes. So <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be a good idea. Uh, well, listening to you talk about your high school experience a little bit and then like, you know, going professional really is interesting to me because it sounds like you, when you were younger, at least, and maybe even now, like, maybe you don't have that like super competitive killer instinct in you. Like you were in it for the friends and, you know, and it kind of just led one step at a time to where you are today. Um, 
But did you play AAU? I did. I, and then I randomly played that because um, uh, a coach, what we were playing a high school team and one of the dads was a coach and he said just to come play. And that helps like my mom understand more of like, oh, you can get your school paid for X, Y, Z. So then I just played there and that rocked my world. It was totally different basketball and I hated it. Absolutely hated it. It was like, you know, the best of the best. And I was used to playing in high school and it was just like the practices were so hard. Um, but I just remember like my mom saying, like, you just got to do it. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I hate this. <laughs> but like dying and like getting beat up at every practice. But it, it was good for me. I, but I hated it. Huh. This is so interesting to me. You're really like kind of blowing my mind right now because, well, when I think about what you've done and professionally, and then even at college, I mean, you set records and you did really well. All this coming from a girl who, I don't know, it doesn't sound like it was necessarily your passion, passion. Um, and that's just really interesting to me because you've done so well. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I am in it for the friends and the lifestyle. So that gives me, I guess, motivation to like work out and stuff sure. like that. But I love working out, so I can't even use that as an excuse, but yeah, I think I have this weird relationship with basketball. Um, so the, it kind of hurts me in a way. Sometimes maybe I could have been some great basketball player, which I love my life. I don't really care to be, but I definitely feel like it It wasn't this big passion for me to do X, Y, and Z. Like things would just happen and I would be like, oh, okay. So, mm -hmm. and I don't like to stress about it because at the end of the day, it's just a sport. So, yeah, I can, I can relate to that as well, too. I think as the years have gone by, my passion has kind of dwindled. And what I really enjoy is the opportunity to travel, uh, meet new people, you know, change cities, play on a new team um, and just be a part of a team. That's also something that was always very important to me. Um, yeah. yeah. And just like. Being able, like for me, I love Europe and just to be able to live there without like getting a real job is the best thing ever to me because I don't want to work, but I want to live in Europe. So it's just getting every year, getting an opportunity to go back to Europe. is like the best right. thing ever. And we say we don't work technically, you know, it's not an office job, but we are, I mean, expected to be there every day, twice a day for X amount of hours. It's pressure to perform. You're going on weekend trips. You can't really do much else. So your 48 hours are taken up. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I feel like we need to give ourselves a little bit more credit instead of saying like, oh, our real job, you know, because it's still very taxing and very like mentally and physically, you have to be there a hundred percent. But I understand, oh what, I understand what you're saying. I, I feel blessed that I get to work out for my, my job. It's like, I don't have to do that on top of going to the office. <laughs> yeah, no, totally get you. And I think like, I always joke with my brothers. They're like, Tanara, how many hours were you at work today? I was like, well, today we only had one practice. So two hours, but it's like, you have to, it's actually quite taxing on the mind to go on a road, get back at 3am, 
um, only one day of rest. The sleep consistency is for me the biggest thing that I, I struggle with. Being able to manage my nutrition while playing basketball has been super hard for me. Um, and that are the things, those are the things that I care about. It's like my nutrition, my sleep, my physical well-being, my mental. And I think basketball puts like such a hard toll on those things as an individual. And you think because you're working out and, you know, you think and all that it's great, but in actuality, it's like, it's so hard to manage everything like that, especially from like my body type. It's like, it's so, it's, it's very hard and being, you have to then pay for a nutritionist and then you have to then follow the schedule. And then it's like, you're so consumed in the schedule of eating. That's just one part. And then you have to like barely get sleep. And then you have to go to a hotel room before a game Hopefully, luckily, you don't switch roommates, which I can't stand when when teams do that. Just be consistent. Let's get comfortable (laughs) so we can go poop in the morning with that respective roommate so it doesn't change. And so it's just like a lot of things that I don't don't know if like people like normal people really see because they just see the games and whatever and they think it's amazing. But let's not even get on the subject of fans coming up to you and just totally degrading your life because of one bad game. And it's like, I don't ever criticize anyone on their work, but they criticize me on my. So it's just like a whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's an interesting perspective for sure. So I appreciate you kind of shedding light on that. Um, And as far as eating, I completely understand. I have never played EuroLeague, but we did play EuroCup this past year. So we did more, we traveled more. And yeah, when you go to the airport, you know, if you don't bring your own breakfast or if you don't eat before going to the airport, it's like, okay, what are my options at the airport that aren't, that aren't going to cost me like 20 euros just for a banana and, you know, a sandwich. Um, And then when you're playing away games for you, you've played in Valencia, La Seu, Guernica, another place in Spain. Am I missing? Um, I went to Hungary for one year. You were in Hungary for a year and then uh, your plans for next year. I actually think I know where you're going, but I won't say it out loud. I don't know if it's. Oh, no, you can say it out loud. (laughs) Okay. I didn't know if it was like out in the world yet, but a friend of mine is going to be your teammate. So she actually asked me about you. No way. Who's who's your teammate? (laughs) She played with me for two years in Logroño, Spain. Her name is Anna Begic and she's from Croatia. Ah, Okay. Yes. I've heard of her. Yeah, she's a tall, like six three, six four, uh, four three player. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, so she she asked me about you, and I was like, "Yeah, Tanara's awesome. You know, you guys are gonna be. This is gonna be great." Um, oh, great! I'm excited. You're going to Italy, correct? Yes. Okay, I, but I don't remember the team name. JS. Okay, what part of Italy is that? Milan. Okay. Oh, you're going to be in Milan. Oh my gosh. I'm living my absolute dream. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, yeah, I, my first year overseas was in Switzerland, right by Como, Italy. So Milan was like a less than an hour, 45 minutes, maybe drive from where I was. And that was my, that was my rookie year. And I had a couple older teammates on my team that loved going to Milan, loved going out, um, going into the city. It's a huge, like fashion, uh, capital of the world kind of thing. So yeah. Do yeah. you know much about Milan? Like, why are you so excited to go there? 
Oh, I have dreamed to be Italian since I knew about Italy, which was like four <laughs> years ago, because as America, you don't know about Europe. <laughs> but I, it's like the best country in my eyes. I mean, I've never worked there. Everyone tells me my view is going to change. But right now, it's like, I love Italians. I love food. I love the country. I love that you can get spritz and chips and the chips are free. I love like the architecture. I love the woman's style. The men are beautiful. I like love literally every single aspect of it. Pistachio croissants. I love it all. Just, I love it all. (laughs) Um, Did you go to Italy after the season at all this year? Yes, I actually went to Milan to actually meet my coach and I went to like this food and wine event. Oh. And then it was literally, I was only in Italy for 24 hours and then I went to um, some other vacations. So, okay. but I usually go, I've been a couple of times and like, it's like every year, every time I go, I fall in love. Okay. Um, yeah, the Italian language too. I, I really enjoy listening to that. Yeah, it's like music to the ears. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's so exciting for you that you're going to be able to kind of live out this dream and live there, live there for a whole season. Yeah, this is ultimately, I've always wanted to play in Italy since I've gotten to Europe. And I think this is the perfect opportunity. It's a really great club. The coach seems to be amazing. And I'm just super excited. Yeah, well, congratulations. Um, okay. So back to the food thing. I'm curious, you've played in those three Spanish teams that we said, Laseu, Valencia, Guernica after games, for example, on those respective teams, would you guys be able to order whatever you wanted? Or was it like we're eating telepizza or we're eating this and you had to just choose off the menu because a lot of times those options aren't very healthy and it's like, well, what else are you going to do? Right? Yeah, exactly. Totally. It's no, no, no. You, they, give you a menu and you decide but I will say in Guernica we were there was a couple vegans on the team so we would be able to pick our own uh, meals I'm not vegan anymore but we were able to pick um, them which was nice but also like I found I didn't realize that I could just meal prep for it now that I'm thinking of it, I could have done so much better in my career if I would have just like meal preps for after the games, like something like canned tuna and a packet of veggies or something would have been just fine. But what would you have done? Like bought that stuff at a grocery store in, uh, you know, wherever you were going, or would you have brought them from home? I would have probably brought them from home. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. I've realized the importance of meal prepping because like my body is very sensitive to anything I put in it. So it's like, if I'm the body type that if I eat one bad thing, it's over. So (laughs) I have to be very like particular. Okay. Well, ever since I started following you on Instagram, I was interested in your diet because I'm like, wow, look at this girl. She eats really healthy and has some really good like ideas and um, recipes on what you show as far as like different salads, uh, cauliflower, broccoli. I mean, all that stuff. So where does that kind of come from? Like, how did you get into eating like that? Was it just a personal, like, something that piqued your interest or did someone influence you along the way or I I like love talking about this by the way so, <laughs> I do too I love food <laughs> um when I was like really really young like maybe middle school 
I was obsessed with Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. And Mary Kate, I believe, was a vegan. So I was like, oh my gosh, I want to be a vegan, whatever. I had no, I didn't know why, but I did want to be. My mom also ate relatively healthy given the American diet. So um, just, and I also like, now that I think about it, like I was Googling like, also, okay, going back to Mary Mary Kate and Ashley, I was only vegan for a day. Like my parents were not giving in to what I believed. <laughs> so like they would cook and I would just eat potatoes and that was it. So that ended. So was no longer vegan, only vegan for like a day. Um, and then I just remember like wanting my body to be a certain way. And I remember like Googling, like I, I hit puberty like super late. Like I was um, like 14, 15 when I hit puberty. So I wanted boobs. So what do we, I was like, how do you on Google, like, how do you get big boobs or where do boobs come from? And they said milk. So I'm like chugging milk, just chugging it, chugging (laughs) it, chugging it. And I was like, oh my gosh, my boobs are not getting bigger. So uh, I was always interested in like my body and like researching how to whatever from a young age. And then kind of just like live my life, like, through college not under like trying to eat healthy in college but like also I was like going crazy every weekend so it never really added up um fast forward to my first year professionally I was super stressed super like emotionally not there and I ended up gaining like uh it was like 30 pounds and then after that season I that was a season where I had to stop talking to like all my friends everyone and mm-hmm. then I just started to just you know, lose the weight, eat super healthy, like super duper healthy. And I lost like 30 pounds in a month. So then after that, I had cut out so much stuff, but I was only eating like chicken and like veggies basically. And like mixtures of that eggs, whatever. Um, And I wanted to cut back on my animal intake Mm -hmm. intake. Thank you. So then um, my second season on the sale is when I completely went vegan. And so I then lived my life vegan for like a year or two. And then I noticed that um, my body was like, it. W- the diet went super, super well. My um, acne cleared up. It, I lost the weight. I was thin. I was feeling so great. No knee pain, ankle pain, feet pain, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, then it wasn't, I, then I started like listening to a lot of podcasts and reading a lot about the human body and, um, the food that we take intake. Mm -hmm. And I learned that to be sustainable, you have to like, it's a variation of everything. Right. So, and I had a lot of time overseas to like cook and things like that. So I would like use every day, like every other day, make a new recipe, like a vegan recipe was crazy. I don't know how I did it, but, um, yeah. And it was like, it was fun. It was like, you know, I was sharing on my Instagram and like people would be like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to try it. And I like, love that. It was super fun. And yeah. And then now I just am like focused on like protein and like, so it's always changing. Yeah. But it definitely is as as I've gotten older too. It's your diet definitely influences like how you feel on the court, what you're able to do, um, you know, just like how how good you feel. And I look back to my college years, and 
we weren't taking nutrition that seriously back then. It hadn't like really come to be a fashionable thing or social media was, we had Facebook, but Instagram and whatnot didn't exist yet. And so I, I just think with social media too now, kids have access to a lot of different things that they didn't have access to before. But mm-hmm. man, I we were eating horribly. And I look at pictures of myself and I'm like, oh, I was... I definitely was carrying more pounds uh, than I needed to be, but I thought that I was working out so much that I could eat all this stuff, but um, not necessarily the case. (laughs) It doesn't add up. I mean, there's this theory that I actually love is that as you become not older, but more um, aware of yourself and emotionally and physically, the more um, and more self-awareness that you are, the more toxins that you put into your body, the worse you feel. So in my case, like or in our case in college, we're not really that aware of who we are. And so like toxins like have really no impact. Like you don't feel that necessarily until you start gaining more um, self-awareness and more like self-actualization. And then you'll just, those toxins hurt you way more. So. Sure. It's crazy though. Yeah. I don't know how I was running. Right. And your hormones too, probably. And just, yeah, your self-awareness and your stress and everything. Uh, Sometimes what is it? Ignorance is bliss. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I was just rolling through college. Like I was like, oh my gosh, you could not, like, I could not live that life at all whatsoever. I would probably pass out. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to go back to college. You ended up picking Central Michigan. Um, Was that close to where you grew up or what was the distance there? Yeah, it was just two, like two hours away from home. So I like it was perfect because I was like, okay, my parents are not going to like try and surprise me or like pop up at a party. That's what I was so worried about. Uh, But it was like close enough where I could just go home, I guess, if I needed to. Okay. And when you look back on your recruiting process and like how you picked, um, you said earlier that your mom was kind of like, okay, Tanara, you have to pick a school. Um, looking back, do you think you would have done anything differently or like, do you think you were as participative, can I say that? Or as like active in your recruiting process, as far as like asking questions and knowing what you wanted and, or did you just kind of like choose a school that was in Michigan two hours away? call it good. Yeah. Um, I definitely, so it's hard because at that age, like you don't know what you want in life. You don't know what you want to do, um, unless you're super proactive as a child and I wasn't. Mm -hmm. So it would be nice to understand the process a bit more, but, um, shout out to Weebuff because they're going to help kids do that. But it's like, I wouldn't, necessarily redo my decision or like I liked it because for me it was like I didn't know anything I'm just gonna go here and like do the best I can here and I wanted to go out of state but my parents said that it would be too much so I mean I really wanted to go to Denver University And that was my choice. And like, when I called them to tell them that I wasn't going to go, I was crying. That's where I wanted to go, but ended up in Michigan. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, okay, whatever. Um, But I guess my parents had a big influence on where I was going. Sure. Um, But Central was really cool. Like, 
everyone goes there, I guess. So it was super familiar, kind of like a lot of my friends would have eventually gone and it wasn't too crazy of a school to have picked. So. Okay. And you guys were in the MAC conference, the Mac. Yeah. So just kind of remind me real quick, what other schools are in that conference? Because when I think of you and your, your professional career that you've had, I'm like, wow, was she not recruited by Michigan State or like Michigan or like a Big Ten or a Big 12 or even an ACC team? Oh my gosh. I was like, so like, I'm so, so surprised that like Central thought I was, I didn't even play in AAU. Like I like got in like for two minutes in high school. I did okay because it was high school, but like, I was just never really good at basketball until like my senior year of high school. And then like in college, I progressively gotten better. I was a late bloomer in everything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess the biggest school that I was looking at was Oklahoma State because my grandma had lived in Oklahoma. Okay. So I was like, maybe that school, but also out of state. So parents were, but yeah, Michigan, I really wanted to go to Michigan so bad. My brother graduated from Michigan. I was like, let's, I, I really want to go there. They never wanted me. So I was like, damn it. <laughs> I'll take the next, next best option. Okay. Yeah. So interesting because then you get, you ended up getting drafted, correct? I mean, you were there with Tanea. Yeah. Yeah. It just happens like that. I don't really know or understand yeah. at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes that's the best way, right? Like you just are going with the flow and doing your thing and uh, what will be, will be um, yeah. without putting too much pressure on yourself. Like, yeah, and, and it's like I was also never too like hurt about those schools because it's like I didn't really like know about basketball anyways so I was just like living life and it happened okay so then when you got to school did you know what you wanted to major in oh my gosh no and this is like the problem that I struggle with like to this day of like kids not understanding but it comes from like childhood like being in those discussions at an earlier age I mean just becoming more self-aware when you're younger so you can make that decision when you are 18 19 20 Mm -hmm. but no I didn't know I mean I've wanted to be a doctor but didn't think I was capable of being that or doing that so I just took the business route okay yeah so when you got to Central Michigan, uh, any like first impressions or your adaptation process from high school to then playing Division One college basketball on the court, off the court, um, what was that like for you? Um, well, my first year, I've had some like really aggressive girls on the team and it was the weirdest year of basketball. I was like, this is just so weird. Like the girls were just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was just a weird, I was like, okay, whatever. And so next, I just erased that year. And then next year, um, you know, I also love to like work out and work hard. Like I don't like basketball, but I do, you know, if I'm going <laughs> to do it, I'm going to do it right <laughs> So I know just came back like stronger and everything and it was better, but I don't know, basketball, like the people around me were very weird. So Mm -hmm. I was just like, okay, maybe they're going to be gone next year. They're seniors. So I was like, maybe something will change. Okay. (laughs) And it did. So. Okay. And then in the classroom, did you feel like that was a big adjustment from high school? No, like people say college is so hard. I mean, granted, I was in these, I mean, it was my freshman year and you're just in these random classes, but 
it's not too difficult i don't think i also went to like central like i didn't go to like university of michigan so it wasn't well i think it was fine all right so it sounds like college you adapted to college fairly well um and you end up having like pretty great four years of college basketball at the end of your four years, when graduation came, um, did you know, like, did you have any idea that you were going to get drafted? Was that on your radar? No, um, it would have been cool, but like, I wasn't super stressed about it. Um, like, I'm pretty sure I said earlier, the only reason why I'm playing professionally because I had the internship and I like absolutely hated it. So I wasn't like super you know, into it as far as like getting drafted, not getting drafted, you know. Also, I knew I was also really realistic about myself because people do get drafted. And then, um, by the way, I only got invited to a training camp, so I wasn't drafted. Okay, sorry. No, it's okay. But I know, but I just like knew the reality of it. And I was like, okay, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, more unlikely it won't happen so okay but you got that call yeah that was like I was like oh cool okay but I knew I wasn't gonna make this team so it was really (laughs) fine were you experience (laughs) you were still you were still finishing up your senior year correct correct so then I talked to a lot of different players and I'm like, how does that work? You know, you're still finishing up your senior year, but all of a sudden you have to like leave school early, pack your bags and go. Um, you were in Washington mm-hmm. and finish your classes online or how did you do that? Yeah, I think by my senior year, I had finished like prior to that semester. Like I was just taking credits to um, stay eligible for the NCAA Um, I actually think I finished my courses before we went over. I just missed graduation, which I was not, I was happy about because I didn't, oh my gosh, any excuse to miss a graduation, I'm there for it. (laughs) So it's like, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So then you go to training camp. I'm sure that was probably even more a step up because you're a post player, um, but you're not like a bulky, big post player. Um, you have great moves in the post and a great touch, but what was that jump to then practicing with WNBA, uh, players and banging in the post? Yeah, I, I just realized that at that moment they were just stronger muscular wise. And at that level, I think they just have more experience. Um, but I wonder how it would be like now, if I were to match up with the same lineup as I did when I was in college, maybe it would be a bit different, but I just remember like not having the experience to predict what someone would do. Mm-hmm. So I think that was the biggest like barrier um, is the experience. They always say like the 10,000 hour rule and that came up. I think that's the major difference between WNBA players and college players, just the time. Okay. Um, aspect of it but I remember playing against the Elena Deladon I swear I blocked her but they called a foul <laughs> but I was like it's okay because I was in love with her <laughs> <laughs> I know she's amazing and when I interviewed Tanea she was telling me that Elena was just so nice and offering to like be there and help out and ask 
you know, like answer any questions you guys had. And I'm like, oh, that's such a breath of fresh air to know that there are people like that, even though she's like top of the top, but she's humble enough and doesn't view herself as being like above the rest, you know? Oh my gosh. She is the coolest person basketball wise. I think I've ever met in my life. She was like, in my personality, I'm like very interested. So like, I will ask questions and just be super like into a person. So she was like, totally just like being so cool, like just hanging out with me, like just talking to me. And I thought that was the coolest thing. And it was interesting because, oh, I will tell a funny story after I tell this story. Don't, <laughs> don't let me forget. Uh, it was interesting because she was like, so she was the best person on, on that team. And there was a player that was very mediocre, but the rudest, rudest person. And I was like, so baffled. And then that was when I have this weird relationship with basketball because of these people. And I was like, she, let's just tell a story quick. She like took the, ba- like we had these, the stretchy bands that you put over your knees and ankles and I had mine and she like took that away from me. And it's like the pile was right there. You know, people just want to assert their dominance for whatever reason. Like, I know I'm not going to make it. I'm just here for the ride. <laughs> like you're actually a vet but you're doing this it was the weirdest experience ever I like will never forget that moment ever again but it's it's quite interesting because Elena is like the best basketball player and the nicest at the same time so I really appreciate it that experience yeah confident enough in herself to just not even care you know like yeah she's not worried about other people taking her spot or doing this or doing that and she's just there to like help out and give of herself yeah Yeah. and you know what's crazy is that this girl that was doing this we were not even the same position she was like a (laughs) guard and I'm just like this is so weird so weird (laughs) yeah but interest like interesting that those two types of people can really mark you and um yeah you know, hopefully we come into contact with more of the positive side than the negative side, but yeah, which I have. So that's great. So you go to training camp, then you end up getting cut. Um, and I'm assuming you had an agent at this point. And so the next step was like, okay, well, let's look at overseas, uh, opportunities because so then your internship started after the training camp. It was before it was the summer before my senior year. Ah, okay. Okay. Um, so your agent is like, well, let's look at overseas options. And you're like, okay. And yep. Just, I didn't know anything about overseas. My coach said that I would just love Europe. So I was like, okay, then I'll just do it. And then, um, I believe that she knew me enough to say that I could love a country. So I was like, okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my agent, I had no idea. She just gave me the offers and I was like, wow, does this seem cool? I remember one offer I had, I was like, well, I feel like I could just work at home and get money. So it's like, I don't know if I want to take this deal. And then, um, yeah, I just really just put my trust in them because I had no idea. And then here came Valencia. Okay. Not a bad place to go your first year. Nope. Not a, not a bad spot. It was really great. Um, basketball I learned so much I had the best teammates ever like my Americans were like Jory which is who is at Weevolve I don't know if you know Weevolve but I don't 
it's like a um a platform for overseas athletes that and what is it called weevolve weevolve like w-e-v-o-l-v-e w-e-v-o-l-v okay it's kind of like we evolve but like their own twist like weevolve right um so she's super passionate about basketball overseas and having her my first year, if it wasn't for her, I would not be playing basketball to this day. I don't think I was ready to go home. And she was just like, no, Tanara, you just got to do it. You just got to finish. I was like, okay, whatever. I'll just finish the season and see what happens. And yeah, so it was, it was a very difficult year. Okay. Well, now you've played what? So one, two, three, four, five, six. Six overseas seasons? Four. Ah, four? Because you spent yeah. two years in La Salle, right? One year in La Salle. Ah, okay. Yeah. Valencia, La Salle, Hungary, Granica. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this podcast is called Another Season in the Books, which kind of has that double meaning of just another season come and gone. And then at the same time, another season playing and maybe studying or doing something on the side at the same time. And, um, so when I started following you on Instagram, I was like, oh, she has a blog. Um, like, oh, what else is she doing? You know? So I'm just curious to know, like when all of this started, why, um, obviously you like to write, um, and do you, how do you feel that that like contributes to your well-being as you're overseas and you're playing at the same time? So I actually, I started my blog because I want to quit basketball (laughs) and I was like, okay, I need to do something. (laughs) And I was super into sex in the city. And so I was like, okay, I'll just be a Sarah Jessica Parker. (laughs) Um, But I enjoy just writing in general. And I think I love reading. So I love, and I also love informing my people about certain things or a different perspective from an angle. And I think that's what like my blog will be for people. And it's kind of like entertainment, entertainment, but like also like maybe learning some things like small things, like even just small facts that I know for that has helped me like accelerate my personal being. I can share share that with other people. Like I have time to listen to all these podcasts and read books that not everyone does have. And a short little blog could like go a long way, some way, somehow. But um, while being overseas, like I like need to be learning or doing something, entertained by something. So um, I just turn my reading and podcasts into like maybe a blog, maybe I'll get famous, like hoping that I'll get famous. <laughs> so I get paid to travel, but you know, that's just, it's, it's nothing too serious, but I just, you know, doing something other than basketball related just helps me feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. And what is the blog called and where can we find it? Uh, the blog is called The Layer Below, and it's on Substack, but you can just go on my link in bio. Okay. Um, good deal. Yeah, because I, I don't know, like thinking about the future, you know, someday when basketball comes to an end and uh, trying to prepare yourself for that moment, because I know you probably have 
teammates that are still studying, perhaps, um, because Europeans tend to take longer because they don't have a four-year college basketball experience like we do. Um, and sometimes I kind of envy them because I'm like, you're still studying, you're older, you really kind of know what you want to do or what you're interested in. And someday when you finish, like, you'll be right out of college or whatnot, and you'll be like good to go and start your start your career. Um, but it sounds like that's kind of in the back of your mind. But you said you're what, 26? Yeah. Man, and I'm 36, so you could still play for another 10 years if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap, I did not know you were 36. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's incredible. I know, weird. Wow. Power to you. I love that. No, I love that. I always like said, I wanted to play basketball until I was at least like 32 kids at 35. Mm. Wow. I know, but it just kind of like me and kind of like you, it just happens. Like I did not necessarily plan out my life. You know, I had no idea that I would continue playing for this long. Um, and I have done other things along the way to keep me busy and like this podcast and other things, but um, I just think it's really important to continue cultivating our our brains and um, thinking about what we want to do afterwards. Because all of a sudden the day comes, and then it's like, okay, now what? You know? Exactly. So, what have you been doing? So, when did you start the podcast, and when did you like start thinking like, okay, something other than basketball, I need to be doing something. Um, this is so funny. I usually ask the questions. So now <laughs> the table's being turned. Um, I started the podcast in 2019. I was in Zaragoza playing for Manfilter and I was listening to a lot of podcasts too and like TED talks and things. And, um, it was always kind of in the back of my head, like, what would I do a podcast on? And because I had so many teammates that were continuing to study and they were, you know, in their late twenties, I just thought that was really interesting. So that's kind of where it started. And then um, obviously we talk about anything and everything besides, uh, you know, studies and athletics. But um, so that was in 2019. And then, I don't know, over the years, just um, I do, a, I host a radio show on Wednesdays in Spanish and then um, one year I got my master's or kind of over two years in organizational leadership. Another year I, um, I got a personal trainer certificate. Um, one year I got my Spanish driver's license. Um, I've taught a lot of like English classes over the years, just as like conversation classes or um, cause grammar is not really my thing, but sit down and you just want to talk, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've tried to keep myself busy, but I never, never really knew that I'd be doing this until I was 36 and that my career would kind of come to an end because I'm pregnant. And then, right. you know, so. Oh, you're done playing basketball? Well, as of right now, that's kind of what I'm leaning towards. Like I look at myself in the mirror and I see this huge belly and I'm just like, yeah, I'm probably done. <laughs> um, there are people that come back and they come back great, but right now um i'm just kind of focused on like getting through childbirth getting through breastfeeding and then we'll see what happens after that yeah i love that and did you go to school for your masters in the states or in spain uh it was online it was um i just picked this university i did like a little research but it looked good it was called it's called norwich it's in vermont and um, it was an online program. And I thought I wanted to get into coaching, maybe back home in the States. 
but uh, then I married a Spaniard and I am living here. And um, so we'll see, I'm doing a uh, coaching course now because here in Spain, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but you have to do coaching courses to be able to be like an actual coach. Um, mm. So I'm doing the first course right now. I'm kind of almost finished, but um, just to have that in the back of my back pocket, if I want to help out on a team someday, but you it's just like, are my dream. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> but I mean, it's so different, Tanara, because it's like coaches here, either you're super into it and it's your full-time job in Liga Femenina and Besa, or you have to have another job because it doesn't pay the bills. You know, mm -hmm. it's not like college coaches back home that that's what they can dedicate their time to. And right. um, I'm passionate about basketball, but um, X's and O's and watching film, like maybe not so much. I really like yeah. the human part of it, the human side. So we'll see. We'll see what happens in the future. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Like I could be a coach, but like only a coach would never be a head coach, but only like a mediator. Like I, I love, I can help a player like with some tactics, but like more so there for them for like mental support, I guess. Mm -hmm. So then I wanted to ask, um, Crap, I forgot my question. I did want to ask you about... You would be a great uh, post-coach. I mean, I, I feel like overseas, I've never really had a true post-coach. Yeah. And, and there's not many here. I feel like it's they're, they're rare. They're really rare. It, but yeah, it would be cool to be an overseas basketball coach. Like for sure, I get to like not play basketball, but be around it kind of. And then also live in Europe. That's probably the route to go. <laughs> so do you think that you'll use your master's? Well, my master's is in organizational leadership, right? So it's pretty um, broad. It's not like super specific as far as, you know, I think about people that get into the sciences and it's like nursing or being um, like specializing in, you know, some health specter, uh, sector. So, um, I mean, I think my master's just helps me in life in general. Um, but hopefully in the future, I will have some sort of leadership role, um, or can be able to contribute, uh, to a company or to a business or to a club in, in positive yeah. ways. So, um, I don't know, I guess I'll keep you posted T. Yeah. But, How old were you when you got your master's? Um, I think I started my master's 2013. So that might've been my third year overseas or fourth year, something like that. Okay, I'm lagging. I gotta get on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like you said, we do have time. So it's like, if you can do a online degree, the only thing is that um, um, education is expensive. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. I feel so fortunate that I got my first four years paid for. And then when I looked at getting my master's, I was like, oh my word, I'm gonna have to fork out this. Yeah. Um, so part of me was like, oh, I could go back and be a um, what, grad assistant at a school, but then mm -hmm. I would have to stop playing basketball and stop traveling. So it's just, um, you know. Yeah, you have to choose like which one you're willing to give up. Right. And that's the thing where like right now, I just am not willing to like give up my free time for the summertime. I'm like not willing to like, go make a bunch of money and be miserable um mm -hmm. so it's just like 
that's how I feel when I'm done playing basketball. I want to go back to school, but I want to do it like in Europe so that I could stay a little longer and like hopefully like get a job through the college. I don't know. Yeah. But to stay in Europe would be a dream. And I'm always looking for a passport. I mean, you married for love. (laughs) I married for love. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I was like, I was like, I was looking so hard. (laughs) <laughs> but it just never worked. So I'm done looking. <laughs> when you, <laughs> your sex in the city days, you were looking for, uh... <laughs> I was like, I like, well, now I'm just like, I have to live my single life in New York just one year just to get Milan, that experience. Milan is waiting for you, honey. It is I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I'm in a relationship right now, but like, I love being single. Oh, but how did you meet your husband? Oh, this is so funny. You're asking me all these questions. We're going to have to like, um, well, I met my husband. I was not looking for a boyfriend, not looking for a husband, but we actually met my first year back in 2010, my first year here in Spain. Um, and we met because I was playing in the second division and I had a lot of free time in, on my hands. And I was like, Leslie, you need to do something with your life, you know, like improve your Spanish because I actually minored in Spanish in college. Um, so I signed up on this language exchange website. And I started getting together with these people and we would speak a half an hour in English, a half an hour in Spanish. And it was like, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And one day I got together with this guy named Francisco and Francisco had looked me up on Google, which I hadn't even thought of doing that in 2010, but he saw that I was like tall and that I played basketball. And I think Fran was looking for something else, like more than just a language exchange. And he was a lot shorter than I was. And so he convinced his friend Juanma, Juan Manuel, to come along with him. And so I'm like standing outside of this metro stop waiting for somebody to like approach me because I told him, I'm like, I'm tall, I'm blonde, you're gonna, I'm gonna stick out. So all of a sudden, I saw these two guys walking towards me. And I was like, why are there two of them? Because I, you know, you're putting yourself out there, you're a female all by yourself. Granted, it was in the middle of the day, but um, we ended up getting together, went to lunch. Fran and I had our 30 minutes and our 30 minutes. And meanwhile, my future husband was sitting next to me, like completely silent, just kind of observing the whole thing. And um, that was when the movie Avatar came out. And um, he, Juanma, ended up driving me home that day because otherwise I was going to be late to English class if I took the metro and he didn't have to work that day. So he drove me home. We exchanged phone numbers and then like a week later we got together for the avatar movie and ever since it's just been now we're 12 years later <laughs> wow love story and then you guys were consistent after the avatar we were, movie yeah we were pretty consistent um yeah that summer he came and visited he came to uh, new york we met up in new york And um, my mom was kind of freaking out, like, what are you doing with this Spaniard? Like, where is this going, you know? And um, little by little, we just, we gutted it out because I spent six years outside of Madrid playing in Logroño and playing in Zaragoza and he lives here in Madrid. So Mm -hmm. it was not easy, um, but we got married officially in 2017 and um, now we're pregnant. So life just keeps moving, uh, moving along. That's a beautiful life story. Well, beautiful. It's had its ups and downs, let me tell you. And like being far away from home is still difficult. Um, Yeah. So. I can imagine too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, just last, but do you get to, so how often do you get to go home? 
Well, during when I was playing, uh, usually I would get home maybe like twice a year because the club would give me those tickets. But now, obviously, that I'm not going to be playing, um, maybe like once a year. Um, and it'll kind of then depend on what my future job is going to be and what my vacation time is going to be. And then, you know, Juanma's vacation time and just working that out to get back home and saving the money and being like, okay, we know that we have to spend money on tickets to go back home. So it is what it is. And it's just a non-negotiable and that's what we're going to do. But at the same time, I love Europe and I love Spain. So it's like, well, then I still want to travel around here too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. So. You have the blueprint of the life that I wish to live someday. <laughs> Literally. I love it. Well, <laughs> yeah. You, you never know what your future holds, Tara. You never know. And that's the most beautiful thing, I think. It's like, you just really never know. So just like live your life as you should and as you want. Yeah. And when you least expect it, something happens. Boom. Here comes a baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So getting back on track, but what uh, do you have any advice to like young kids that are coming overseas as far as what kind of mentality they should have, what they might ex should expect and how they can be successful and have a longer overseas career? Um, because it's not always for everybody and it's not always easy and every year can be a different experience. So what would you tell them? Yeah, I would definitely say just take the time to understand who you are. You're finally in a space where you're kind of by yourself and you have the time. And that's the most important thing to do is get to know who you are at a core. So you can make decisions for your future self for yourself. And also just take care of your body. Like your physical being and mental being is super important. Just like even outside of basketball that in order to keep going in whatever you do, it has to be healthy. And you have to feel confident in yourself no matter what. So in order to be confident, you have to know where your confidence comes from. Mine is when I wake up, how I feel. Um, and I would also say just, just enjoy life. I think a lot of basketball players tend to get super duper focused on it. And that's, it's great to be focused in your career, but it's also like you're in a whole different country, like expand go just go somewhere see how beautiful the world is because I never had that opportunity to do that growing up so being in Europe has opened my eyes to so many things and it's like if I never would have had teammates that got me out of the house when I was sad like I never would experience some of the things that I've experienced so yeah. being open and able to allow someone to tell you something bring you somewhere do something you never have done before try driving, try driving a manual. It's like <laughs> just expand, just expand your life and like be okay with like messing up, figuring out on the way, not knowing what tomorrow will look like, just embracing the now and where you're at. Yeah. Giving yourself some grace because the language barrier can be intense at first. Um, but mm -hmm. I was going to kind of just branching off on this, um, how do you feel like playing overseas has contributed to your personal growth? Uh, because you've also played in Hungary and it's like how many people in their lifetime even think of traveling to Hungary yeah I hope none because I hate that place. <laughs> <laughs> but um no that year I learned so much about myself it was incredible and like that my feelings towards basketball had shifted during that season but just being overseas like I would 
I've always had a personality in which like it's very like Tanara, but this being overseas, like I feel like I'm like Tanara times a thousand. And it's like, I've been able to break down so many layers of myself, um, break down like where anything comes from, my trauma, my happiness, anything. And it's like understanding who I really am has been the most amazing thing ever because I'm living in this human body and it's like, who is it? And you don't even know who it is altogether, but it's like forming your own opinions off of what you want and not what you've been taught your whole life, being able to make opinion or a decision on something based off like your core and nothing else. It's like been really the most amazing thing for me just to have my own opinion, my own perspective of it, of life, because I've had this time to work through that. And for me, that's like the best gift this bas- basketball has ever given me. So mm-hmm. I just like, oh, I really do love it because I'm like actually Tanara. Like I've never felt like Tanara, you know, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's just like, okay, this like Tanara, no one has, no one else has that name. And it's like, this is who she is. And this is textbook of what a Tanara is. So I don't know. Well, it's definitely some deep thinking. And I think um, getting to know yourself like that takes work. And if you're willing to put in the work, then obviously uh, you will definitely see results. I'm surprised you didn't study psychology or something. See, didn't even know what psychology was just because I just wasn't even, I didn't know anything growing up. I swear. I was just, I don't know what I was doing, but yeah, I don't know. I'm still figuring it out because when I do get my master's, I do want it to be like something like I like, like I just did business just because like, I hoped I would get a job. Right. Something related to health. Yeah. Yeah. So health, because like, I've always been interested, but like, you know, I don't think I know myself. I'm not capable of going to school for 10 years <laughs> and studying. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, getting towards the end of the podcast a little bit, some some random questions. Uh, what's your jersey number and why? Uh two because I was born on April 2nd. <laughs> okay. Nice. Um, what's your go-to bread and butter move on the court? um fast break post up fast break post up okay and then when you get the ball in the post what kind of move do you like to do because you've got some nice moves in there honestly one dribble one side fake the other side finish on the side of dribble on not edit that out <laughs> <laughs> but for the jump shot or for um are you finishing at the rim oh i'm more likely doing a fadeaway yeah yeah it's a beautiful thing um Okay. Next question. When you travel overseas, is there any sort of food product that you like to bring with you? Cause you know that you're not going to be able to find it or anything that you just always bring. Um, I always bring my hair products. Ah. That's like stable mm-hmm. <laughs> um, shampoo, conditioner, like styling cream always. Okay. Any uh, words that you have learned in another language, maybe Spanish is the most recent, but that like you've really enjoyed learning or that you think are funny or even maybe a word that's been really difficult for you to pronounce? Um, I can't remember now. Oh, oh, um, my teammates always make fun of me for when I say 
and Saimara is Saimara. Ah, the dessert um, from like Mallorca? Yeah. We were like joking because one of my teammates' girlfriend was from there and she would always bring it. And like I would get so excited. It's my favorite desserts. They also taught me like this really bad sentence that we would say. Um, and also like I was gonna post this on Instagram that like my toxic trait is every time I hear the word guapa, I just turn my head because <laughs> I think they're talking about me. Um, which honestly, every time I hear it, they pretty much are talking about me, like humble bag, <laughs> but like it's beautiful. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Um, and then when you were a little girl, what was your favorite board game? Oh, oh my gosh. Good question. It, I guess Monopoly, but like not really Monopoly because it took forever. And like, we would just honestly just take it out, set it up and not play it. <laughs> I can relate. Um, and what about TV show when you were little? Oh, uh, Teletubbies, anything with Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. Yeah. Um, Hannah Montana. Okay. And what, what are three things that you generally have on your bedside table? Oh my gosh. A great question. My probiotics and glutathione. Cause I take those first thing in the morning. Are those like vitamins? And, um, glutathione is the supplement. It's supposed to be like for cell growth, muscular stuff. I have a hard time like putting on muscle. Okay. Um, also it's just like a overall great thing digest it helps digestion and the probiotic putting those together is like times 80 um I always have a glass of water and like magnesium spray that I spray on my body interesting yeah okay is that where you get your your glow from or what's the magnesium (laughs) do (laughs) the magnesium it's actually the magnesium like your body uses like I don't remember the numbers like 600 billion of your cells need magnesium so it's just for like cell production and things like that okay and then I'm assuming you always have some sort of book yes yes I right now I have the sports gene my next book is um called your brain on porn and then my next book is like 12 rules of life it's so random you already know what the next three books you're gonna read are yeah, because I have to order them or I'll just freak out if I go a day without reading. So you, yeah, you like having your actual book. You don't use a Kindle or anything like that. No, I love, I love the physical form. Okay. So when you play overseas, like then do you bring, you like ship all those in your suitcase and whatnot? Because you read a lot and those are heavy and they take up space. Yeah, yeah I either like pay the hundred over fee or I just like don't pack clothes, <laughs> which uh, I'm a light packer now. So. Okay. Well, Tanara, thank you so much for your time. This was an absolute pleasure. I mean, the last time we really kind of talked was remember the very beginning of the season when we were both invited to that, uh, you know, Liga Feminina and Desa presentation and we kind of got to know each other then. Yeah. Um, and then we saw each other during the season, like, you know, quickly But this was a real treat. So I appreciate you for uh, taking the time. Oh, no problem. This was so much fun. Thank you so much, Leslie. (laughs) You are welcome. And best of luck next year in Milan. I will be checking up on your Instagram and I will be, uh, you can tell Anna Begich hello for me. Okay, Um, (laughs) we'll do. (laughs) But yeah, I I just hope that goes really well. So uh, yeah, thank you so much. I'm trying to think in Italian, like they say, 
Well, instead of saying vamos, they actually say the word die. So that'll be kind of interesting for you. Yes. I, I'm like all invested in the Italian language. I'm like on Duolingo every day. So I'm like, I'm ready oh, for it. <laughs> good for you. Good for you. And that's another episode in the books. We'll see if I'm able to get one more published before the arrival of baby Gonzalez Knight. And then once the baby is here, who knows when the next episode will be because uh, I'm told that being new parents is quite the journey. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Tanara. I think she touched on some very good points. Uh, For example, spending the time to take care of your mind and body is extremely important and at the end of the day helps you be you. So treat yourself with love, grace, and read some good nutritious books. I think that's what Tanara would say. Happy Saturday, y'all. Enjoy the weekend. And before you go, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate the show. Five stars, nothing less. That's all I ask for. Because, you know, I don't bother you with commercials and I do all the editing, scheduling, etc. It's basically a one-woman show. So yes, get your booties on over there and send us some stars. Your support gets the word out to future listeners, so please spread the love. Alright, take care y'all. Hasta luego!